Welcome to the Penny Drop. And right now, you and me are driving on a Tasmanian country road, which is where I'm from, and looking for something in particular which I've just found. And go the beeps in the car. In my old job on the radio, I learned pretty quickly that if it was a slow news day, but you needed people to call in, there was one word that you could say that would just make the phone lines light up. And that word? Roadkill. So here I am, on the side of the road, in Tasmania, squatting down next to some roadkill. And from here I can see why people have got a lot of feelings about roadkill. And I became pretty familiar with the sorts of things that would come up. People would share their concerns about anything from cruelty to animals to it not being a good look for tourists to whose responsibility was to clean it up and then to road safety, insurance claims, and the list just went on. And after 10 years, I, I thought I'd heard everything that there was to hear about roadkill. And then one day I interviewed Anna. Now for Anna, when she sees roadkill, it at the time made her think about the future of her work because Anna was working as a scientist as part of a team trying to protect the Tasmanian devils that were affected by the deadly facial tumour disease. And Anna explained how Tasmanian devils are scavengers and they're therefore lured onto the road by roadkill, but in the process they become roadkill themselves. And this was reducing the population even further, making a cure for Anna feel out of reach. So when Anna saw roadkill, it made her think or wonder if her work had a future. So that's Anna. And then one day I interviewed Adam. And Adam is a taxidermist. And Adam explained that for him, when he saw roadkill, he thought about two things. The first was paperwork. Now, apparently there are lots of people who pick roadkill off the road and they take it to Adam to get it stuffed. But if that roadkill is a native animal, then there's a whole process and a heap of paperwork that you have to go through in order for it to be legal. Who knew? So paperwork was one thing. The other thing that Adam thought about was freezer space. Mm. Now, (laughs) I've seen Adam's freezer. don't want to ever see it again, but I totally understand it. So for Adam, when he sees roadkill, he thinks about paperwork and freezer space. Not long after that interview with Adam, I interviewed someone called Awok. And I interviewed him while he was walking along the highway from Launceston to Hobart. He was walking with a group of people and they were raising awareness for the journey that he took as a seven-year-old boy leaving war-torn Sudan to find a refugee camp. And there was one point in that interview that I'll never forget. As he was walking along the road, he walked past some roadkill and he stopped the conversation and he said, Penny, we're walking past some roadkill now and the people I'm with are, are sort of avoiding it. They're running away from it. But when I see roadkill, what it reminds me of is being a seven-year-old and me and a heap of other kids would run towards it because we knew that that was our only source of food. And so I learned pretty quickly that it's never just roadkill. And this is what stories do. They help us put our opinions, our long-held beliefs, or even that sentiment that we've heard it all before, on hold for just long enough to hear another perspective, be changed by it a little bit or a lot, and then never forget it. And my prediction is that next time you drive past roadkill... You'll think of Anna and the Tassie Devils, or you'll think of Alex and his freezer space, or you'll think of a walk.
Well, you might even think me. <laughs> Sorry about that. And look, it's not even just a prediction. It's actually science. Harvard-trained neuroscientist Lisa Genova has just put out a new book called Remember. And in it, she says that our memories don't remember what is familiar and boring, but they do remember what is emotional, meaningful or surprising. Now, unfortunately, it's pretty easy to become boring and familiar as we go through the motions of running yet another meeting, doing another presentation, sending another email. And I don't think that you or what you do in your organisation is boring at all. But I do think that it's very easy to forget to be surprising, emotional or meaningful. Now, I'm going to get really deep on the neuroscience in other episodes, but what we do know is that stories help us do these three things really well. So here on The Penny Drop, I'm going to do my best to help you use more stories every day. I think we all need to build a storytelling habit. The first habit that I need you to build in order to do that is to listen to this every week. So if you haven't already, please hit subscribe and we'll build your story habit together in just five minutes a week one story at a time. See you next week.